Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. It's uh, episode 119, and we are live with Doug Aldridge of the Dead Daisies and Whitesnake and a whole other st- bunch of stuff. Um, amazing guitar player. How you doing, Doug? I'm good. Thanks, you guys, for having me on. This is going to be really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, pleasure to have you on. What's going on, Dave? You well, get wait, wait, but what, what, why... Who was in the 118 before me? What took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> that's we funny. Have to spread out the guests. Do you realize? <laughs> Try to yeah. keep this going forever, and that's true. We'll right? run out of people eventually. And not well, all of them are uh, uh, are you know guests. Some of them are uh, like you know like they're not rock stars. Uh, some of them are like amplifier builders and stuff like um, that. But but you're in good company. Those guys are rock stars too. Everybody. More people in the world know who the amp builders are than you know the guitar players. It, that's pretty true, actually. Probably yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> probably is. Probably is. Never yeah. really looked at it that way, but yeah, that is true. So, how's things going for you on tour? Great, man. We're having a we're having a good time. We uh, we're in Germany at the moment, and we came here to rehearse for a week, and then we started some shows. Uh, supporting Foreigner. We're doing about 11 shows with Priest. We're doing our own shows in between. Um, and we are doing a couple shows with Whitesnake, my old Alamater monster. <laughs> oh, that's Alamater. interesting. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, we, uh, you know, I love those guys. I love, I still text with, with David Coverdale all the time. And uh, I think they sound really good. And uh, of course, Priest is, is insane. Richie Faulkner on guitar and then the foreigner guys are all buddies of mine uh i used to be in a band with kelly hansen back in the late 80s called hurricane i put i did an album and a tour cycle mm-hmm. with him yeah, and we're into that. he's he's an amazing singer and the foreigner guys are yeah, those are great songs you know and jeff pilson right he's... yeah jeff one of the greatest bass players of all time when you got i did um a couple of gigs actually the very beginning when mick started to sub out they asked me to, to do a couple gigs and they we were using internet monitors and um just bass was so fat and his vocals were like huge he he, he holds that he's like the anchor of that thing i think yeah oh yeah he's great yeah, yeah he's amazing then my my buddy also bruce watson is out there oh yeah bruce, bruce is, and uh, i've known bruce forever very cool guy. One of the sweetest guys you'd meet, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah really he likes nice. his beer, too. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Those <laughs> guys, they texted, they texted a couple times and like, hey, it's a night off. Let's go out. And it's like, I've heard about Warner. Don't, you don't want to mess. Are we allowed to swear on this show? You yeah. can do whatever you want. Don't yeah. fuck with the Foreigner guys. They will fucking <laughs> take you down, man. Those guys party harder than anybody I've ever. I mean, I've never seen it's not a matter of like they're not doing anything illegal they're just going out having some beers but it's like all night long coming in at 10 a.m you know wow they still live they're still living large that's awesome hey i want to mention uh before we get deep um that we have uh two sponsors for the show today one of them is uh sweetwater with earthquaker devices um and i want to share my screen here um make sure i can do it earthquaker devices has a really cool pedal called the special cranker overdrive pedal 
Um, I don't know if yeah. you guys have checked this out. Yeah, um, this is this is uh, based off their original speaker cranker pedal. Um, the speaker cranker used to just have one knob, which I can really get behind one knob. I like that. <laughs> and there's just something about one knob or no knobs. <laughs> Concept's good. Right, right. Um, but they, what they did is they added a clipping diode switch on this, a level control, and a tone knob. So you kind of had a little more um, control over what it was doing and how it was sounding. It, it's not, it's a, it's a dirty boost that mm-hmm. you would call sort of tube like, but it's, um, it has a little of the kind of garage rock kind of. Old speak. Well, it's supposed to be like an old speaker breaking up, you know. So it kind of. Yeah. You know what? That's that's super. That's really a great sound. It's super popular right now. I I just saw a band in L.A. Um, that was that blew me away. It was it's a, 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 a duo, two girls. They're called Deep Valley, hmm. and this girl's guitar sound. She was using some kind of pedal like that. It, it, and playing a Mustang, mm-hmm. or maybe a, cu- a couple of Fenders or something. I don't know what she was playing through, but man, what a freaking sound she had. So always pedals like these, they're always good for, you know, a different thing or whatever you're, you know, in the mood for. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, it's it's pretty cool sounding. I, I I like it. I love that kind of stuff actually because I'm like a Jack White fan personally. But uh, I know some people give him shit or doesn't like it. But um, no, you know, cool. come on, man. He he did some cool shit. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Well, I, I've I've never seen him live, but if he gets that kind of sound live, it must be pretty monstrous. He he gets a lot of those sounds and some really bizarre stuff too. That that's amazing. But uh, but I like that stuff. I like kind of messed up sounding broken fuzzes and different things like that and this this isn't that but it can do if you really crank the more button more knob it can get that kind of semi fuzz tone boost so to speak yeah yeah and it's got two two modes where you can go germanium and silicone also so yeah that's that's pretty i'm sold pretty much already guys and it's 99 dollars. 99 you can't beat the price so guys check out our link for Sweetwater below and, uh, and purchase it, you know, and, uh, you know, we get a little kickback, but, uh, the price is $99 and make sure you check out Sweetwater. We also have a new, um, a new sponsor on the show today. Uh, Dave, you want to talk about it? Yeah. New, the new sponsor is an on, uh, a, a friend of mine that does all our metal work and, uh, fix pedal boards, fix pedal boards, makes pedal board accessories for pedal boards. I'm pretty sure, Doug, nice. you had a pedal board from him. It was uh, Tim. Yeah. The metal metal pedal board, the black. Yep, I still ha- I have it with me right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he makes amazing stuff, and it, and it will not break. <laughs> no, it will not break. Uh, so he does... A, have, so basically, you don't have to fix it. That's, exactly. That's, <laughs> so, I mean, right now the website uh, he's gonna he's gonna do a new website, and there's gonna be more uh, products on it in in the future. But right now, there's a bunch of pedal risers. There's some pedal bridges that you can put on pedal boards. There's a sliding rack tray that no one makes anymore, and that's a good one. Yeah, I'm gonna and, get one of those. Uh, and a bracket uh, brackets for all sorts of power supplies and things. I so real useful. But you're gonna see more coming. So. Uh, Tim will be an ongoing sponsor of the show. So, and Very cool. he makes all our amp chassis. 
<laughs> no, oh, he's an important dude. He's an important dude. <laughs> and not only is he sponsored sponsored the show, but he also sponsors drinks. <laughs> oh, for the show. This is uh Class A Azul tequila. Very oh. expensive, very good. Um, just a sipper. Not at 9 a.m., but I thought I'd show <laughs> I was going to say, it's pretty early right yeah, there. Pretty... Oh, so, so anyway. Thanks for, I mean, uh, for showing that stuff, man. I'm like, now we're, now we're primed to talk about gear. Yes. There we go. Let's talk about gear then. So, yeah. so what are you using on the road right now? I have um, wow. some old Mar- I've got a Marshall with me that I, was the first amp I bought in um in los angeles in 1981 when i arrived and it's 400 bucks it's a it's a 80 sorry it's a 79 jmp what master volume and um john serve did a uh a mod to it it's been modded a couple times by different people but that john sir did did a mod that i really love it's his sc mod and uh mm-hmm. and then i've got a, a 78 that next to it that's at my backup but i'm just running that mono through a couple of four by twelves and um i have um some dunlop pedals on the ground the dunlop wah the uh the um the custom audio electronics while i really like mm. and uh mxr phase 90 got a um and i've had i had a Buxom Betty on the board for a while, and and then Buxom Boost, Buxom Boost, sorry, yeah. Buxom Boost, um, which is great. And all your pedals, by the way, are are killer for you know. That's why, like, I've got we all all of us have a lot of different gain pedals, different things um, for recording and for for you know you take it on the road and you go. But in the end, it's like live. I end up. Less is more for me right now, so I'm just using an MXR kind of a line booster for solos. So it's just mm-hmm. like the amp is doing the, the heavy lifting, and then I'll just add a little sustain with that thing. Um, and then uh, I've got this um, this thing called a it's a somebody gave it to me. It's a pedal from Australia that is called um, DVR, I believe it's called. It's it's like one side is a fuzz and one side is a is a, a univibe and it's I don't use the fuzz much but the univibe is really nice. Hmm. Uh, so I got that. Uh, I got a Echoplex Echo for some delay stuff. Oh, is the DVR from Keeley? Is it DVR? It's, I don't know if it's Keeley, but it's Australian. It's an Australian company. Oh no, then it's not Keeley then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, and then I'm using. Um, Pretty much, I've got two Les Pauls on this run. Both have been refretted with um, Dunlop wire that I really like, and um, 6105 wire. And Tall then, and thin. Uh, yeah, I like that too. Do you use stainless yeah. or just regular? Stainless nickel? now, yeah. I got turned on the stainless, so it just lasts longer. And yeah. although nickel is great, sonically might maybe superior, I don't know, but... Um, uh, and then I'm, I've got uh, John Sir winds me these custom signature pickups that I love that are that are great. I just love them. They're great. They're in all my guitars. And this is a this is a Scala guitar that, that uh, Leo Scala built for me. Yeah, man. That is a wraparound tailpiece, kind of built off of a 50, 54 Les Paul style, like a, a fifty four with 
routers and humbuckers, like Jeff Beck kind of thing. Hmm. And all gold. It's called the Golden Ruby. Oh, wow. That's and, sweet. Yeah. Leo is a friend of mine. And, and you know, Leo's awesome. He, yeah. He, he lent me, a, lent me a guitar for a while and I gave it back to him and, and I loved it. But I just, um, he's, he's got this really cool thing that was kind of semi hollow body guitars. And uh, I just asked him, Hey, can you do me a solid body? Cause that's kind of really my, my, you know, wheelhouse. So, right. and that's pretty much it. Dunlop strings and uh, Dunlop picks. Uh, so is the go. back, is the backup amp modded by John and sir as well, or? Yeah, it's an exact copy. It's an amp. I, I got it from, and I know, you know, you used to know him, Dave, probably is Frank Levi. Yeah. Uh, and so Frank, I forget what happened, but he, he needed, um, he, he just wanted to sell it. He needed something and we wanted to sell that amp. And I think he said he got it off Warren D. Martini. I don't know, but it's a 78. It's a four input that's been modded. It, it, he does, uh, he does an effect loop probably very similar to, um, to what you guys do. And they're, you know, what, what you guys are doing today, what you and John and, and some other people are doing, is just really perfect for the road because it's, you can count on it and, um, and you can keep your vintage stuff, you know, working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And right to the, wait a minute. No other hand, right behind me is your amp. I don't know. Oh, standing up right there. Uh, and, it's and, always and, hard. It's you, hard to point backwards with the camera reversed. You're like, what? Yeah. Did, you, it's, did you look at it yet? Yeah, it's fixed. It's done. Uh, what was it? Uh, I, uh, I, for, I forgot. I think it was tubes. Come on, yeah. I need to know. Pretty sure it was tubes. So it's got new, a new set of valves. In it. That's good. It was. What um, amp is that? It's a '68 Super Bass Plexi that was like. Basically, it was like a um, a wild Mustang that you could you could not ride it. You know, it was just like just too freaking loud. And I brought I I have a couple amps that that Dave has done for me, and he did um, an amazing little twist on that amp. And it's but I I was playing I was experimenting with um, I'll tell you how it started acting up is I was experimenting with the master volume on ten and bring up the preamp just a tiny bit mm -hmm. just and it was i got this sound one day i was really just you know in practice mode and playing loud in my, in my i got a little studio in the back of my house and um and it popped the fuse i put a new one in it popped out and i'm like okay it's not happy i'm not it, it's got to go to the doctor <laughs> yeah yeah oh well, that's cool i'm glad it's fixed it'll be waiting for you when you get back all right so how long you uh how long are you on the road? We this run is uh quite long actually. It's like two and a half months. And we, we left the end of May and we're going back in the middle of August. And um it's uh you know, when you're twenty five or thirty five, that type of run is what you dream. I mean that's the longer the better. Mm. But as you get older and you got <laughs> wives and kids not wives, sorry baby. Not wife, just wife. <laughs> when you got wife and kids at home, it's yeah. like, you know, it's difficult to, to be away from your kids. Like your your boy, you know. Yeah. With, by the way, we both have sons called Ryder. Oh yeah, the names are the same. That's cool. 
So roughly the same age, I think. Mine's twelve with Tuesdays. Yeah, my, my mine's eleven. So yeah, one one off. Oh, one year. Yeah, yeah. Right. he Your just got out. Of, he just got out of uh, elementary school and now going to junior high. Nice. So That's, it's crazy how or fast middle school it all or whatever you call it. <laughs> yep, middle school. So yeah, so we, uh, it's quite it's quite a bit of a run, but we're we're having a good time. We've got Glenn Hughes as maybe people don't know it's. I'm out with the Dead Daisies. It's mm-hmm. Glenn Hughes on lead vocals and bass. Brian Tishy from Whitesnake and, and Ozzy and Billy Idol on drums. Probably my, I think, the most valuable player of any band he works with. He's just incredible. And then on guitar, David Lowy, who is the founder and leader of the Dead Daisies, who is a massive fan of yours, Dave. <laughs> he, he's got he owns two of your original be 100s and um uh and then myself that's cool. yeah that, that that doesn't suck after the uh the, yeah that doesn't suck that's a great lineup it's a great Man, lineup he's, Dave, we call him david louie we call him the thunder from down under because he's got this sound out of your amps that's like a wave crashing on the beach it's just like down a Bondi, down a Bondi beach, Matt, mate, you know, <laughs> and David's a, uh, he's a very, as you might, Dave, you know, he's a very honest, simplistic guitarist, very, no frills, very much downstroke, you know, Aussie rock, um, almost a punk edge to him. And he spends a lot of time tweaking his amp, you know, he's like really peculiar, particular about it like he wants the feedback to be just at a certain time that it hits and i'm kind of like you know i got this i have all these marks on my amp from over the years that it doesn't matter i always just set the knobs always the same anyways but um the two sounds together is um is working out well and so like for example we're doing um we're doing dead daisy songs we got a brand new song that just came out that's super heavy and it's called radiance it's on all the digital platforms people can check it out hmm. um that um we we've just released we got a new album coming out in august but um my point was going to be we're doing oh so we're doing some a couple of deep purple songs with glenn we're doing hmm. mistreated and burn and david does the organ parts and he it it sounds incredible the two guitars he's doing you know different inversions and when you've got when you're mixing uh, a Sir Marshall with the Dave Friedman uh, original, it's, it's it's a fucking big sound. I'm just saying it's gonna be huge. <laughs> yeah. And Glenn Glenn is an orange guy. He's got orange uh, bass amps, and he's got um, a little fuzz pedal that that is a he's he's got a very rich, pissed off sound. It's like a you could actually with I think Glenn Hughes and a guy like Brian Tishy, you could make a band with just that. You, his bass is just like, it sounds like a rhinoceros, you know, going, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and then Brian and then, is, and then uh, he opens his mouth. Yeah, and he's right. great. Yeah, it's yeah, unbelievable yeah. At, at, at how old he is and that he can still sing like that. It's crazy. Legendary. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a legend. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, he's a freak totally. of nature legend. You know, it's like, he's, and he's a very, very nice person, you know, he's very down to earth, very uh, spiritual, 
you know, and um, so it's, we're, we're having a good time. We're just still, you know, we, we were doing, we did, I think, um, five gigs with Foreigner where we were doing about eight songs. And then last night we just did our first headline show. We're, we we did it in um, the Netherlands. We did like 17 songs. So it was, it was like, all right, are we going to make it? You know, but we did. <laughs> Got through. Everything was cool. Great turnout so we're, we're having a good time great awesome man hey i'm gonna jump over to a couple uh, or a bunch of our questions that we have from the audience by the way thanks everybody for watching hope you're having a great day um hunter ralph what's going on hunter he says forevermore is an album as good as 87 it changed me and my friends lives uh can you please go into details of what guitars and amps you used on the record you resurrected white snake doug god bless well, I really appreciate that, Honor. That's a very nice compliment uh, to hear, you know, because I I love the '87 stuff. When it came out, it 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 was unbelievable. Um, so he did the '87 album, and then uh, he did the Slip of the Tongue record, and then he kind of went on vacation. He went off with Jimmy Page, David Coverdale. I'm talking about mm-hmm. went off with Jimmy Page and did that, and then he kind of went on hiatus for a long time and and i was playing with um with ronnie james deal in 2002 i had done an album and it, we were on tour and we're, we were we were supporting deep purple and scorpions and it was kind of like the resurrection of classic rock coming back a classic heavy rock and every night it was like, by the end of ronnie's set it was packed and we'd be doing heaven and hell or rainbow in the dark or whatever the last song was and uh we were having a blast. It was my first time playing, you know, sheds and stuff like that. And Ronnie said, "Oh yeah, I just got an offer to go back up, go on tour next year with um, with the Scorpions. They're going to do a run with Whitesnake, and John Sykes is coming back." And I was like, "What? That's am-. me and Jimmy Bain were like, yes, that's amazing. We could, I mean, we could, you know, at that point, playing those venues." And the catering alone is like is like a dream, the better food than I've ever had in my whole life, you know. <laughs> right. So we were like, "Yeah, let's do it." And Ronnie goes, "Nah, we're gonna go make a record." And so I was like, "But Ronnie, that's a great tour." And he's like, "Nah, we need to make a new record." So somewhere along the line, down the road, that tour, I got some of the Deep Purple guys said that uh, Coverdale uh, had been checking me out, and I was like, "What?" It didn't make any sense. Obviously, David was not there. And then I got a phone call from David, uh, from actually from David's uh, partner, and he said, "Hey, you know, we want to talk to you about doing a, a little white snake run." And I'm like, "I don't know. I heard you. I heard about it. It sounds great, it's David and Sykes. Everything." He goes, "Nah, Sykes, it's not. It's not. It's not going to. Sykes isn't doing it." And um, I was like, "Really? That's weird." But I went up and met with David, and then I went on that tour, and and. Uh, two-month tour turned into me joining the band which did not go over well with Dio fans but Mm. when I met I loved Ronnie and Ronnie and I hit it off but when I started working with David it was like this is like my big bro and I loved like as I said Hunter I loved the 87 I loved slide it in and and even the earlier stuff I mean I love Hunter and ready and willing all that stuff is so cool so at some point David it was about couple years down the road we had been working together and i said you know if you really want to move forward we need to put out some new material we can't just keep playing the old songs you know and he said to me you know 
I'm not, I don't know when, but I see you and I in the studio at some point. And little by little, we started to collab, you know, bang around some songs. And, and so we, we finally, in 2006 or seven, 2006, I guess it was, we started putting together an album called Good To Be Bad, which is probably going to be re-released at some point. It's not on Spotify or anything now, but it's a great album. And we co-wrote everything, co-produced it. And then it was like a couple years later, he decided, yes, let's make, you know, it's time for us to do a new record. And we started on Forevermore. And um, it was just, I got to tell you guys, the greatest feeling would be like, I'd go to the Coverhill's house in Lake Tahoe, or he'd come to my house and we'd do these writing sessions and, and we'd, we'd walk away with a, a CD with three or four completely not three or four, it was usually one or two on each, it would take us a week to do one or two songs. It would be like completely produced demo that was just like, hmm. sounded insane. And the greatest feeling was not recording the record or touring the record or releasing the record. The greatest feeling I got was having that creation that me and David knew about. And, hmm. and it was like, God, I can't wait for people to hear this. So it's, I'm very thankful for your comment and, the last song that we wrote was the title track. And we had been, you know, up at Coverdale's house, we would uh, be recording or, and we, we'd get done for the day and he'd, he liked to have a glass of wine and, or some whiskey and we'd do that. And then we'd watch a Western. We were always into Westerns. Like we'd watch everything from, from all the Queen Eastwood stuff to all the various tombstone things. And we, right before we sat down to watch one of the Westerns, I said, David, I got this one other um, idea. I just, I want to play for you. He goes, no, I think we're done. We've got a cracker of an album. He, a cracker, meaning a good album. Hmm. I go, I, I feel like we're missing like a cornerstone track. And there was a cornerstone track on the previous album I did with him that I that I love um, called Till the End of Time. And so I, I go, just tomorrow, can I play it for you? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I put in the morning, we got together. He goes, play me it. I'm not interested in working anymore, but you know, uh, let's hear it. And I played him for more, and it's in a dad gad tuning acoustic intro. And I described, you know, so I played that. And he immediately latched on to a melody that was really great and ended up being the exact melody that he did on the album. And he said, All right, you got me. Okay, go ahead and let's put together an arrangement. I wanted this thing to be like an epic track that started with it kind of like a stairway to heaven thing starts with acoustic and would build and then mm. at the out and the out would be something you know where big and grandiose with the band with drums playing double time and so that's what we ended up with and then he said i'm going to call it forevermore and it's going to be the title track i was like yeah cool so that's the last song we ever wrote together mm. oh, that's cool. so, so what gear did you use on that 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 um as he asked here in the thing oh the gear um basically that the intro of that it's, I, I did a shootout with um a bunch of acoustics i had various different ones and um this gibson hummingbird that that i had from gibson ended up just beating everything and that was the acoustic on that i used pretty much on the entire album and uh my i had a gold top um that i had used since um i got it when i joined white snake I always loved gold tops. It was the first good guitar when I was a kid. And I had this gold top. It was in 1991. It had the frets and, and sir pickups. And um, that was my main guitar. But I also had a Gibson P50 
58 um, reissue, you know, custom shop guitar. And um, I probably used a Strat or a Tele for some clean parts just to mix it up a little bit. And then Reb did his thing with his Sur guitars and his uh, custom audio amps. Um, and Michael Devon played on that with the Fender style P bass, uh, uh, jazz bass. But pedals, I don't, you know, I don't recall exactly what I used, but uh, I know that some of the Wasp stuff was that that uh, uh, 404 customized electronics Wasp by Dunlop. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, Plexi Warrior, thanks for your question. Doug, I'm a huge fan of your work, style, and tone. C could you describe your 2004 Whitesnake rig and what pickups you were using back then, Priest, sir? Uh, yeah, maybe it was Preaser. Um, that's a good question. I got to think about it. I'll come back to that. But the rig was, um, when I was in Dio as a single guitar player, I had a, a, a stereo model. It was like a um, wet, dry, wet rig. Mm. And I had, a, um, I, I've been friends with Bob Bradshaw for a long time. And and as we do with, with you know, guys like yourselves, we get geeked out on stuff and we want to like try different things and whatever. And so Bob had this amp switcher that he built for me that um, I could have three marshals or four, I could have four, but I had three marshals plugged into it with different settings for different tones. And then whatever amp I was using would go directly into whatever amp was switched would go directly into the center cabinet dry. And then the other, the, 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 the um, Dave, what do you call it? The send, not the send. A line load. out or whatever the line, line out, out of it yeah. would feed right. what if uh, your rack rack effects. I'm assuming at the time, right? It would feed the rack effects, and it was going through a, a MOS valve 500 um, by tube works because yeah. that was apparent, apparently the, the, the quickest power amp um, aside from the H. But uh, it sounded really good. It was really big, and I would run it stereo with a little offset between the two wets. Sure. So. So for Dio, that worked really good. When I might think um, I, that offset wasn't really necessary because we had Reb doing his thing, and, you know, so I, I took that out of it. But it was um, still a big sound. And I have stereo just from just for, you know, myself on stage, just using no ears. We're using monitors. I like the sound of it. And then um, if that was pre-Sur, that would have been probably... Seymour Duncan, uh, Alnico twos with uh, Alnico Alnico twos with the Alnico magnet. You know, mm. pretty not not super hot, but a little hotter than. Oh, that's way again. different. Way different than what you went to with the Sir, then, huh? I guess. I mean, you that's know, like an eight K pickup with Alnico two, and now you right. have a very hot pickup. Right. It's very hot, but it's it's very for me. It feels not compressed it's not like a jb not that not that that's bad by by any stretch i mean uh i had had, had used jbs before in in humbucking positions and then um probably i might have had some i might have had a gibson um what do they call it it's a it's a number three up that they use in the gary rossington i forget it's like a, a, bur a burst bucker yeah, burst bucker three. It's a little hotter than a burst than a regular PAF. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But um, 
Yeah, I just, you know. And what about the amps uh, at the time? That was the same amps. Oh, same the same amp. mod, Sir modded amps then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that amp, I had, blown, that amp I blew up a couple times. And um, uh, John modded it in around eight, 91 or 92. And um, it just, I, I just loved it. He put a, a little bit of a, it's, I forget what he calls it, womp or something, where it's got a little bit of a bass boost. Like after the fact and um and i i think you know it's um it got to the point where i i wanted to start going a little cleaner and um that amp could clean up pretty good for me like i i could back it off and it wouldn't choke out so i've used it i used it on that tour that was my main amp on that cool. tour it was the 79 and i had the 78 and i also had a um it's before I, I knew you, Dave. I had a um, an amp that was a, uh, a 50 watt that had been done by Frank Levi, and um, that was it. Just got a really nice top end. This 50 watt. I don't know why, but um, I, I had that in there as well for clean stuff like Is This Love or whatever. Hmm. Cool. Thanks. Uh, Plexi Warrior also said, uh, "Are there any plans for a signature Sir amp?" Um, and then they had another question for Dave. Okay, no, I, I, I mean, John and I had talked about it, and I, we've worked on some stuff, but he, no, there isn't probably a plan at this point. Um, but I do love, you know, as as uh, all of the amazing amp guys out there. Well, there's only a few, I would say, and John is definitely. Um, I love what he does, and he's always been super kind and generous with me, and he. He's helped me fix some, some you know, issues, and he always would offer a solution if I was having a problem. I'd like, I'd be like, John, I'm trying. I want to do this, but it's not. I can't do it. And he's like, well, well, you know, I could, I could, you know, maybe we could build something that would sort that out. And it was, he's he's just been a really amazing guy to me in the in the music industry to accomplish what I'm trying to do in my head. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah sure. he, he's a great guy. He's been on the show. Yeah. John's been on, and we're going to have him on again. Times. Yeah, he's been on several times. Um, I just ordered a... Uh, what on he, earth are we going to talk about again? I'm sure there's more. He's got, <laughs> you guys always got new stuff going on. You got new pedals. Yeah, on, new yeah. Guitar. I mean, but the last, the last two shows we did with John were four hours each. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Marathon. Yeah, he was like, "We'll stay until the last question arrives," which is which is very John. He's so super cool. Um, okay, we got another question from uh, Zach Zedris. Oh wait, I got to finish my part. Oh of yeah, that. yeah. Sorry, you're right. Uh, Dave, so, what Friedman, uh, what Friedman amp uh, settings would you recommend for a tone inspired by Doug's work? Man, just most of my amps. <laughs> Really, you know, it kind of comes down. I, you know, I always say this to people. It really comes down. Doug's tone is in his hands. Mm-hmm. He's he's gonna make a variety of amps sound very very similar because that's what he goes for, and that's his hands. You know, it's a good point. That's a, like Red Red Beach is a is an amazing guitarist, and he always, no matter what amp put in front of him, if it was a Friedman, if it was a Marshall, if it was a whatever he'd always twist the knobs until he got the sound that he, he liked. And it was basically the exact same sound, you know, yeah. but it does come out of the hand. 
But I would say to answer that question, I would say the BE one hundred or B or the new one, the B, it's the, the Plus, deluxe. It's called? Yeah, mm-hmm. deluxe. Yeah, I would say that's that amp is. Um, that's, that's if that can't amp. cover your bases, then you're in trouble. You know, yeah, it, it kind of covers all bases. Uh, you know, in in yeah. the uh, kind of shall we say, uh, classic Marshall vein, and beyond. You know, not Marshall on steroids because you know we love those. We love Marshall and we love what they do, but it's also nice to have you know that extra something on top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach. Thanks for your question, and which is right here. Hey, Doug, huge fan of your tone and playing on the Burning Rain early albums. What was your rig then and the Dio live rig? And also, uh, what uh, was that the same live rig uh, as live in the still of the night, Killer Tone? Thank you so much, man. Really, thanks, Zach. It really means a lot. That was the same rig. The Dio rig was the White Snake rig. I just basically, as I said, I took the offset off to get so as we you know, wasn't being panned as wide with Whitesnake. Um, but uh, one of the key rigs, one of the key things I forgot to mention, and I, Hunter, maybe we want to know too, is I, at that time, for a boost, I was using a Furman PQ3, which was mm-hmm. a parametric PQ, you guys know. But it was a holdover from the 80s thing that was happening that I discovered in early 80s in LA. People... Um, came up with the, the, the Furman and then Lexicon PCM41 through directly into a couple of amps and then you get this giant Randy Rhodes kind of spread. But So I had the P3 um, and for the offset to get that widespread, I was I sometimes was, had a PCM41, but I definitely got into the um, Roland SDE 3000 that was worked really well. But um, the other part of the question, Burning Rain. Oh, thanks, man. That's a that's been a, a pet thing of mine. It's been something that's been very dear to my heart. Something that I really love doing. Uh, can't, you know, seem to make it into like a a all the time band at this point. But we've made four albums, and they're all um, later on. I I diverted. To left Paul's pretty much full on, but in the beginning, I was using. I was actually coming out of a of a period where I was really into strats, and hmm. uh, I would use a strat on one side and maybe a, a super strat on the other if I was doubling, or a Les Paul on the other side. But I definitely I had a, a stratty tone going on on that stuff, and um, uh, I recorded with uh, initially. I, I had my 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 Marshall seventy nine Marshall, but I also had an app that um, that I bought back in the late eighties is a seventy one Super Lead that had been modded by Mark Cameron. That mm. I it it wasn't something I would take on the road, but for some reason it recorded really nicely and it worked out for that stuff. So pretty high gain, and um and, and that was that was pretty much it but you know always when i record it's mostly straight into the amp unless i'm needing to or i'm looking for a different flavor like a different you know distortion for something a lot of times you can back off the gain on the amp and use pedal it's it's similar distortion but it's a different flavor so it's nice and then uh 
but yeah, I've definitely had some stress on the early bring raise stuff. Thanks for bringing that up. Cool. Um, Equinox, Doug, you've played all kinds of equipment, John Sir and Mark Cameron, which you just brought up. Uh, what is your number one go-to head? And also, what tweaks were you looking for to get Tube Screamer and Micro Amp to rocker fuel tone? Okay, yeah. And by the way, I forgot to mention the rocket fuel is a signature pedal I have done with Magic Box a long time ago, and I still have it on my board. It's um, it's to it's it's based off of kind of uh, it's similar to the to the the Dunlop uh, Custom Audio Overdrive, where it's got like a fuzz on one side and a clean boost on the other. And um, but yeah, uh, I was looking for for that pedal, I was looking for something that would boost, but not because I wanted to get rid of the PQ3. It wasn't, I, I, I wanted to get away from the rack thing where I was using a, a MIDI controller and just get back to simple pedals and less wire that I'd be going through and whatever. And um, so the PQ3 as a boost was great because you could also knock up the bottom end and get this big kind of mm. fat, fat sound. It would fatten out the, the notes on the top as well. The Tube Screamer kind of does a mid-range thing, obviously you guys know. So I was looking for a pedal that had a bass, a bass boost. And that was the thing about the Magic Box guys, they came up with this bass boost thing that kind of emulated. It's, I, I tried a lot of different pedals and I couldn't get anything until I worked with them. And, and uh, so it boosts the bottom end as well as, as the top. And, and now, like I say, I've kind of, you know, getting a little bit less where I'm just doing a clean boost. It's an overall boost. It's, it's not mid, mid-range boost like a two screen. And then the other part of that question was... Um, I can go back. Uh, what, what did he ask? Oh, your number, number one head. And What's your number head? one head? Number one head is that one I told you guys about. The 79, 79 Sir modded? Yep. I bought it at Guitar Center and uh, Guitar Center Hollywood. It's 400 bucks. And that app through the years has I think, I think originally it was stock and it sounded great. And then I think somebody did something to it. Maybe, I mean, over the years, Frank, Frank Levi definitely had to retubed it and maybe done some bias work on it or stuff. Um, Frank, as you guys know, Frank was a, an old amp guy that worked out of SIR in Hollywood. And I got to know him, um, and he would, I'd say, hey, Frank, I'm having a little, I'm not happy with my app. Something's going on. He'd be like, why don't you come? It's be like a Sunday night. He'd be like, yeah, why don't you come down, pick up, you know, grab beer and some smokes and stuff and we'll hang out. And Frank just sat in his office there and just did electronic stuff. And Was that the apartment? No, it was, it was at SIR. Oh, do you remember, do you remember his apartment in Hollywood? I might have been there. I can't remember. But I, 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 can, I know that it would have been definitely packed with stuff. I mean, yeah, but apartment in Hollywood, this must have been around, oh, I don't know, somewhere between 88 and 90 or something around there. And, and uh, yeah, the apartment, you wondered if he actually lived there because it was so, it was just a junkyard of gear. Right. I was there once and I didn't go back. Smoking. Smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no, like, like you, you go through ah. like hall, hallways of gear, right? Yeah. It's like, ah, ah. <laughs> rest, 
rest in peace that guy he was a, he was a good man he was always really kind to me he's and, super cool i love frank yeah is, is he wait did he did he pass, he passed he down. yeah i forgot um, what uh, he had some sort of health issues or some some sort of i can't remember what it was from he used to he used to, was, I used to crack me up man he would like be sitting there just about to put something on you know on my to put some sticks in the amp you know the electronic sticks you guys use and some guy from from S come up behind him and go hey and he would you know jump back and he would just like oh, what is, don't do that i could be killed you know and it because <laughs> he, he was very shaky you know he'd be like trying to oh yeah there, there was lots of uh, bad things that went on with frank over the time yeah but so yeah that amp is my number one go-to and it's been on, at, at one point um i i worked with andy johns and he really loved that amp and a couple times he asked me to borrow that for various projects including satriani uh the extremist album he hmm. um joe had um his equipment got stolen and and he was in the studio with Andy and wanting some heads and Andy was like we've got to ring up my friend Doug he's got he's got one of the great marshals of you know what where one of a, a great marshal he's got and i brought it down and Joe just went like he just played a couple chords just went and it was like yeah i like it that's good okay and then i gave him i gave him the pre uh Cameron 71 and, and he he kept that one for so he kept those for about six weeks and just rented them for, you know, it was a very little amount of money, but it was nice to make some money, you know, on the amp. And then Andy used it on a Godsmack live album, that amp. And uh, I guess they redid a bunch of guitars or something, but, um, but that's my main amp. It's, it's always been, um, been around. I blew it up a couple of times. As I said, one time was when I was in the, I was in this band called Hurricane and I had a rig that was so, Bob Bradshaw put it together and they had those juice extracts that, that were made by Alan Holsworth or for Alan Holsworth. Yeah. So basically it would basically turn that output into a line load lower. So, but then you could EQ it a little bit too. Mm -hmm. And this thing, so I would run that thing, that head, I ran the, I ran the, the Furman PQ3 into the front of that head for boost. And then it went into the, the juice extractor, and then it went into a BVE Sonic Maximizer with extra top and bottom, and then it went into a VH, um, uh, V. What's what's the power amp? VHT. Yeah, VHT. Twenty-one fifty, maybe. Yep, going through four cabinets and and split with stereo delays and all kinds of sh all kinds of goop. Man, it was a giant sound, and you could just basically just whale i need to do anything it was just it was very finger friendly that's so cool that it was all good except the juice factor turned out to be a a, a problem that when, if the juice extractor went bad the amp was going to get blown up so i blew up the transformer and that's what i that's how i met john was that amp was blown up and i said i, I came into bob's and john was at bob's and he i said i need a new transformer and he goes well, we're working on this new amp for Bob, and I got this this prototype transformer that's really good. And we stuck it in the amp, and he put in some some filter caps that could accept more power, so it didn't sag as much. And all of a sudden, the bottom end got really big, and and that's the transformer that's in there now. And mm. that it's just a really good amp. I mean, 
But look, they're all really good amps. It's a matter of, you know, it's a matter of taste. You know, I, I hear guys, like I said, I heard that girl from Deep Valley play with two Fenders that just was the most giant sound I've heard in a long time. So, yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Yep, it, like you said, Dave, it's in the hands sometimes too, right? So it's in the hands and the delivery. You know, I think ultimately, you know, um, really, really, really great players have a confidence um, behind them, and that confidence comes across through the amp, through the playing, through you know, just it. It if you hit it like you mean it, yeah, it, it that's right. Important, even if you're not, even if you're not like a, an amazing player. If you have great hands that can 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 smack the chord properly and play the rhythm properly, you know, even if it's a very simplistic thing, that's the that's the whole thing. It's all your tone. I've seen this time and time again, like especially like in in say vintage style marshals or plexi style marshals and stuff that are cranked. This 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 is the this is the amp that will make or break you. So there's not a lot of gain. There's nothing to hide behind. You have to know how to control that beast. If you can, it's a fantastic sound. But uh, if if your hands suck in any way, man, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just like you're looking at the amp. I swear this has happened a million times. I, people play like a plexi-style amp that's cranked. That sounds great. And then you, another guy comes in and plays the same setup, the same thing, and you're looking at it going, did something happen to the amp? Right. Did, it, did it break? Wow, it just doesn't sound good. <laughs> but the guy right before it sounded amazing. Right. You know, right. So it's 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 a thing. And I think ultimately, you know, it's kind of a lost art. Um kids growing up now are playing through modelers in their computer and they have no idea how to control an amp or how to use well, your pickups and volume knob and how, you know, you know, it's almost like here, I'm going to lock you in this room. You have this one amp. That's all you got in your guitar. Figure out how to get a bunch of sounds out of it <laughs> because, yeah. because with pickup changes and volume knobs and tone knobs and everything, you can get a million sounds out of one amp. That's maybe really distorted even, but you can roll it off. You can pick closer to the neck. You can pick closer to the bridge. You can, use the tone knob in certain ways you can that's, do that's so many things and it's lost and it's just like then you get someone up on stage and they play through an amp for the first time and and it's feeding back and like going crazy and you're just like roll your volume knob off what <laughs> right you know i i i love when you when, it, when you get a nice when you get one of those nice old amps and you get it cranked and it's sounding right and it's just got this sticky this in your face sticky sound speaking of marshalls for example that is it's like there's like you said there's nothing to hide behind in fact it amplifies everything that you it it, it it exposes everything that you do which is good and it can be it can be a little bit you know tricky sometimes once you get used to it it's really nice but the thing is is that as for me getting a bit older and my ears getting older those amps and then it's just it's hard to, to stand in front of it for a long time for me unless it's at leg level because it just te tears my head off you know yeah sure 
And, uh, and then the other issue that is even more is that I still like a live cabinet on stage. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I want to get feedback. I want to be able to control it and use, you know, you know, if, if I'm holding a cord, I get, a, I can back it down a little bit. You don't hear it getting cleaner, but I know it's getting cleaner. And then when I want that, when I slowly pull it up, turn it up, it'll, it'll right. feedback. Feed yeah. But front of house guys these days, I mean, it's like, they're just everywhere in Europe now, for example, like they've got DV limits in these clubs or these theaters, or even, even large places that are, they're outdoor places where we're playing like, five or 10,000 people and, but it's in a neighborhood, you know, or something. So mm-hmm. they, they go, we, we're going to put a, it's 102 DB limit. And that's when you start accumulating a couple of guitar players and a bass and drums and, and then everything's going through a PA, it's hard to, to get away from the sound man coming up to you after the gig and going, dude, you got to help me out, man. It's just, it's so loud up there. Please, you guys all gotta like help me out. I've I think that, that yeah, times. but that's kind of hogwash. I think you know, like from the sound. I mean, from a perspective, look for a million years with much more inferior PA's, a stage has been loud, <laughs> and everything's been fine. Why all of a sudden now with superior PA systems that are capable of much more? Why now is it a problem? Know, Maybe man. the problem I is can... you, sound guy. Maybe you just don't know how to do it. Because <laughs> if you get a really some... good sound guy, he's like, whatever you feel comfortable with on stage is fine with me. Yeah, that's true. I've had that conversation too. You know, and 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 that's fine with me. It's it's just like, uh, you know, I I don't think it necessarily has to be excruciatingly loud, but it, you know, the drummer is a certain volume. You have yeah, Brian yeah. Tishy in the band. He hits hard. He, you know, actually Brian is he's very he mixes himself very well. He goes off kick drum and everything else falls into place around that. And he looks like he's hitting hard, but he will he will tell you himself he's not hitting as hard as he looks. He's hitting mm. as it looks like he's hitting. It's he's, still loud. He's really, oh yeah, it is. I mean, he's not a, <laughs> I'm not I'm not talking about um, I'm not talking about playing quiet by any stretch it's still loud it's not like i just i tell the guys look forget the monitors let's get a mix with the drums the way they are and our amps and that should be it just like yes exactly that's how that's how it should be but that like for example that 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 super bass that you have without without you putting a a master on that thing i couldn't get a tone out of that thing until it was until it was done. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's a hundred watt amp on ten. Yeah, no, that's no. That that amp is was, it just wasn't. I could I tried to record with it a bunch of times. I tried to attenuate it a couple of times, and it just always something else went out. So I wanted to get it in the in the race, and that's that's so why I appreciate you helping me with that. Yeah, sure, no problem. I know you got to run in like five minutes, so um. We're going to jump into some other questions. A couple quick yeah. ones through here. Uh, Jeff Arabat. Uh, hey, guys, love Tone Talk. Doug, I'm a huge fan of your playing in Tone. This is for Dave. Dave, are you still planning on your vintage line? Yes. And take my money, please, with the specifically an AC30? Yes. All right. Nice. Um, did I say silicone earlier? I meant silicon. I don't know. I always <laughs> – sorry, my bad. 
people always pick up on when I fuck something up. <laughs> that's generally yeah, that's the most interesting time when we when we mess up. It's, yeah, it's being more interesting than. <laughs> right. True. Uh, question for Doug: Are Cameron Aldrich modded marshals in use today? And when were Cameron's Aldrich modded marshals used? And when were Cameron's Aldred modded marshals used? And Aldrich. Aldrich. Uh, Aldrich. Sorry. And uh, were there any clips? I know. Fuck, I screwed up again. <laughs> uh, are there any clips of them being used live? Um, I don't know. Probably. Uh, but but less than you would think. Than, I mean, Mark's, a, Mark's a, a really nice guy, and he was... Um, really cool to work with i i haven't seen him for years and years and years but um he did a thing that was maybe influenced by somebody else i'm not sure and he, he twist you know did it in, in twisted into his own and he did a couple amps for me that just one in particular the one i mentioned the 71 is still 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 stands i i took it on the road um but it didn't translate live as well as it did in the studio. Like in the studio, I could get this amazing Van Halenish. I mean, like kind of a Jose vibe to it. But live, it just didn't. It didn't have what I wanted, and so people kept saying, "Oh, he's using the cameras." And then John would go, "No, he's not." John Sir would go, "No, he's not. He's using my amp or my modded Marshall." And John would get John would get a little upset about it because it was confusing. And I I, I did say that I had it on the road with me, but, um, but they're great amps. I mean, you can, anybody that, that, that does what, what, uh, you know, Mark was doing, you're going to find something. I, I, he, he did some stuff for John Norum and that's what John Norum maybe was the one that told me about it. But, um, in the end, I haven't spoken to him. He might've, you know, been like, Hey, Doug's using this, this Marshall with Sir. So, so I maybe, you know, lost touch because of that but but it, he was doing some interesting things um and he, he i think was trying to do his own thing but it didn't maybe it didn't work out or i'm not sure i haven't seen it so that's all i yeah. know okay uh we got a question they asked it several times doug can i get an online lesson with you do you ever do lessons i i actually haven't haven't done that before i would like to actually get into that uh, but I was I was going to talk to Brian Tishy about it because I I you know the whole Zoom thing is still I think there's a way and I, I, to answer your question um, you can hit me up on um, you can hit me up on Instagram it's probably the best way and and we could talk about maybe doing something maybe it would be a one off you know because generally. I'll teach somebody, and then the following week they're better than I am. <laughs> but, but that's not hard to do, you know. So, but yeah, maybe. And, and but what I'd like to do is find a way to actually get, because um, sometimes when you're playing on Zoom or something, it's cutting out. It's a little sound is, is a little hard to decipher sometimes, like mm -hmm. if, it's, if it's cutting or whatever. So I need to get with the technology. Somebody like Joel Holkstra would know, or. How, yeah. to, how to achieve that, you know, or maybe you guys could help me out. Well, I know maybe. Skype seems to work. I've taken Skype lessons from folks. Um, so do you, do you, do they use an interface with that or is it just through the speakers? 
Uh, I think they use an interface. That's how. I, that's what I need to do. I need to figure out how to do that. Um, it's probably really simple, but I'm generally, you know, if I'm on the road, I'm I'm recording or writing or practicing, and then, you know, at home I'm running around with doing the family stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, to answer your question, I, I would like to. I would like to. I used to teach when I was younger, uh, and it was really rewarding to work with people and you know, make help, help out, give some, some tips and encouragement because one of the things that's most important is that it's, it's about having fun. But that's why we picked up these things in the first place because it was fun and it made you feel good. And it was, there's always been a challenge, which always makes you want to come back. And, uh, and then you, you know, just like with anything, once in a while you hit the sweet note and you're just like, Oh man, it just made me feel amazing. Or this thing that you've been trying to do for a while and, and finally you pull it off. And it, I found that the, the people that, that were the best in life at anything are the people that care the most, that tried the hardest. Not, you know, there's God-given people, of course. You've got Ingve and people like that. These guys just from another planet. But there's also people that, that work really hard and they really care and, and their passion comes out and they're playing, you know, and it's important. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. By the way, I know it's uh, we're right up on the hour for you. Uh, James Johnson, uh, thank he didn't have a question, just contributing to the show. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Um, let's see if we can get one last question before you run. Yeah, and I just want to say thanks to you guys, and I'm sorry I have to cut. No, out it's no head. problem. I I really am grateful to be here, and I'd love to do it again at some point. We could we could kind of do a sidebar of some of these discussions. You know, yeah, yeah. maybe. Oh. Don't make it 218. <laughs> no. There's uh, there's 100. There's one thing. Um, someone asked about uh, speakers. What are what are your speakers you're using in the cabs? I got just the basic greenback 25s. I sometimes mm-hmm. use the 30s, Celestian, um, and then there's some other ones. I got a I I bought a cabinet a few years back that had um, the creambacks, and I and apparently um, Celestian is put out cream backs and a bunch of different stuff but i haven't had a chance to try it but i'd like to try it um cool what's dave what's your favorite speaker i mean it's like a green back or uh if it's a vintage cab maybe a black back uh speaker uh or um i mean i i still like vintage 30s too uh especially if they're if they're beat in and worn in really good i like them because there's a certain punch to those that i like where a greenback doesn't have and it might cut through a little bit better sometimes but um broad broad band i just a little more you know oomph behind it than than the greenback but uh but the greenback of course is great tone so that's that's my deal awesome well doug um dave you want to stick around for a few more minutes answer yeah let's we'll stick around maybe we can address some of these but we're gonna miss some of these maybe we'll send you the questions and you can let's do, answer let's them. do two more really quick okay. okay uh doug have you played the sir od 100 se plus head and if yes what are I your experiences have, I, I have played it and it's amazing um all those you know, amp John, the the, the Pete Thorn amp is amazing. I love it. Uh, the SC100 and the SC. Did you say SC100 plus? 
He's OD plus OD one hundred SC plus. Yeah, I, I have played it. And there's also a um a uh modeling of that as well that um that is on you can you can play through that just it's same as um oh, the simulation, like, yeah. Yeah, simulated head, like like the Friedman. And uh it sounds really like the Friedman, it sounds really close and legitimate. Like like when, when a lot of times when we're recording and tracking, you know, um, David Lowy uses this this Friedman BE100 plugin because it just it's uh, it's solid, you know. Mm -hmm. and that's that's it. All right, I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna blast through a couple more here. Okay, uh, sure. BA100. No, no, not at this point, but who knows what happens. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. We got uh... higher Goonage said something about pickups here. Uh, I don't know if it's really a question. He goes, "Are all pickups a bit microphonic?" Yes, e even potted pickups, and if they're unpotted, they're really microphonic. Yeah. Um, but they do sound cool unpotted. So there's a there's, there's a trade off. There's, yeah, there's a certain trade off with that. Um, so there I you go. We got to, through that one. I gotta I gotta be potted live. But for recording, I, I that's like, true. Sometimes yeah. we'll we'll uh, use it <clears throat> unpotted. <laughs> yeah, it's too much of you know. It's like I I I am definitely like Jason. I'm I'm old school. I'm off constantly adjusting my volume and tone, mm. and um, yeah, it's you know it, it's it's something that I'm constantly doing. But when you have an unpotted pickup, um, it's a lot extra work. Yep. Live. Oh, yeah. Especially you know when you're playing it at 100 watt levels. No doubt. Doug, I love the black strat that you use with Dio. Can you talk about that guitar? What mods you've done? Also, I'm curious what you uh what made you move from the super strats to the Les Paul? Okay, good question. Thank you, buddy. So I was I had been in you know, I've been around the block with guitars and stuff and uh, um, I was at that time I was working with Dio. I always, you know, had Les Pauls and stuff, but I was definitely into prior to that black strat i was had gotten into single coil straps just i just found it fresh and i was into it for for a while and um kind of not really working with fender but they were helping me out a little bit here and there and um i decided i wanted to get a humbucker get a super strat again i had had a charvel and i had different things over the years and i wanted to get a, a fender super strat so they said come on down and they picked out a body out of the bin it was just a it was that guitar had actually been made for mick mars and i think they like relic it was like the early days of relicking and they had gone a little too far on it and he chose he didn't he didn't want it so i was like that's ah, fine with me i like that and i put a maple neck on it mm. um went with a higher i went with uh actually it started off with a, a regular strat neck and then i switched it to a a um 67 kind of reissue neck with high frets and it had the lace i think it's the not the lace no i take it back it was um john sir when he was at fender had come up with um a pickup a single coil that was noiseless but it looked like a regular strat pickup and then i had a alan holdsworth seymour duncan in the bridge and I'm not sure if that's still there or not, if I switched it, I'm not sure, but um, that's what was originally in it. And the guitar just 
kicked ass and it played great and it looked cool. And I used that. I did not record so much with that with Ronnie. I, I used the single coil on one side and I used the Les Paul on the other when I recorded with Ronnie mm. through my 79. It just gave it a good mix. And through that, through these, through, say like a Strat single coil through a BE100 or a Sur SE100, SE, uh, it's a big sound. It's not like playing a Strat through a, a Plexi. Right. Or, or it's a different sound fatter and uh so but live that guitar was just on fire it felt great and it sounded great it, it definitely beat the single coil sound for what i was trying to do but i also had been getting into les pauls in in the late 90s and early 2000s again i always had them i just and i'd record with them a lot um live i i did a, a tour with um remember the girl tiffany eighties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My buddy invited me to, 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 to do a tour with them. They were, she was trying to rock it up a little bit and she still is. She's a great singer, really talented. And I brought a, for some reason I brought a, a black custom on that tour and I brought a 78 pro that had P nineties in it. And, um, and then I got, when I got into Dio after that, the black strat worked really good for covering the Dio stuff and the rainbow stuff. Definitely the Blackmore stuff needed it to be more stratty. But then when it came to Sabbath and some of the heavier deal stuff, the Black West Paul was like, that was the thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and then when I joined Whitesnake, David was like, oh, I'm so happy you're playing Les Pauls. I love it, you know? And, and I was just like, I kind of just went back to Les Pauls. And the Gold Top being the first good guitar that I ever had ended up being my main Gold Top. And now I've got a, a bunch of them that are different and all kind of cool. Awesome. Uh, for Dreed H, Doug, I have a set of your pickups. They're epic. What Sir single coil would you put with them in an HSH format? Thanks. Huh, that's a good question. Maybe maybe something medium hot that you could use to to kind of kind of eat uh, smooth out the tone a little bit. Uh, if you went into a mid, like a middle, like treble pickup and middle pickup, um, I wouldn't go super hot with it because you got hotness coming from the other stuff. But um, I forget the name of the actual pickup. But I, one of the things that I love about John is that you can actually call down there and and you can come on the phone or, or some you know get in to talk to somebody, and they'll 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 send you. You know, you can buy whatever you want, and then if you're not happy with it, they, they'll swap it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Uh, so I, I, I got, I got. Sorry, guys. I'm gonna. This is gonna be. I, I gotta say, I unfortunately, I feel terrible. No, don't. No. <laughs> no, 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 don't. You'll come back. I don't. I, don't, I have a. It's a business thing. Yeah, man. Do it. And I agree with this comment here. He says, "Thanks so much for doing this. You're a true class act." So. Thank well, you. Man. I would love to do. I would love to pick up on it later and expand on everything. And I appreciate you guys so much. And the, and uh, and you know, Dave, you, you're you're one talented dude, man, and and world renowned super. You are a rock star, Mark, <laughs> as well. I thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. And um, thank you, man. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys. Uh, you know, in August when I get back. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds, sounds great. great. Sounds great. Don't, Thank you so much. Hey, hey, Dave, don't let George Lynch buy my amp. <laughs> buy your amp. 
he'll just steal it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you guys, if you guys out there could know all the amazing players that you might just bump into over at at um, at David's place, it's it's incredible. You walk in there and it's like, whoa, you know, here's this guy, here's that guy, Phil X. Steve Stevens, Pete Thorn, George, whoever. Yeah, Warren. Um, uh, yeah, all of them. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I'll see you in August. I hope my app is still there. It'd still be here. All right, guys. All Thank right, you. Thank you, Doug. All, all the best, everybody. Have, enjoy your week. You too, man. Thanks. You too. Safe uh, travels. Thanks, guys. See you. Take care. See you. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Thanks, guys. Sorry, sorry, I have to cut out, man. No, don't worry. You're good. You're good, All man. Right. I, I will. I'll talk to you guys soon. Keep. Let me know when it's when it's coming out, and I'll I'll, I'll promote it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's already it's out live it's, now. It's live now. Oh, okay. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't it's know, it's so. all good. And, uh, and everybody, check out YouTube. check out the new Dead Daisies album that's coming out and the live track, uh, the new track that they just come out with. Yep. Check out. Ra- it's called Radiance. Yeah. Check it Radiance. out. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, All right. Thanks, Doug. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, Sorry, guys, if we, uh, a couple super chaps were missed. Uh, We can try to find the answers for you. I know that we answered this one. uh, I I did. I got that one in real quick for Tony. Um, Well, we missed this one. So um, I will send it to Doug. I'll take a picture of it uh, so I have it. And let's see. And I think I said no more Super Chats. So did if anybody else sent a Super Chat afterward? Um, let's see. I think there's I another one. one about has Doug tried any of my amps um, from Alex B. I, I can sort of answer that. Um, the uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he has the the. You know the deluxe amp he's tried. He's tried the um, the older B one hundreds that his uh, that David has in the band, um, and he he digs them. But you know he's got his his Sir modded Marshall that he digs, so that's kind of his thing. And uh, SS one hundred V two, yes, those are going to be released. Um, I have to wait for one more video demo. But those are going to be released uh, this coming this coming month, so be finally out. Cool. Got a bunch of them built. So Chopper asks, "Sorry if this was asked, but does Doug remember anything about recording the Transformers theme? He recorded the Transformers theme. I have no idea. I, I took a picture of this Chopper. I will send it to Doug because that's really interesting." Um, this is an interesting question. Hey, Dave, are you hiring? Uh, not really. No. Okay. Wasn't sure if there was an opening at boutique. Well, uh, there was, but I think it's already been taken. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, T skinhead. Oh, okay. Thanks for answering my questions. I'm always rooting for you from Japan. Okay, cool. Cool. Thank you. Um, thanks BV for being on here. 
I think BV's been um, helping folks from Ukraine or doing something with folks from Ukraine. Oh. Um, so I uh, want to thank BV for being an awesome human and uh, doing that and also being a moderator for us. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Um, did I miss anything else? I think we're good. Let's see. Uh, yes, this was the question that you had said from Alex B. Thanks, yeah. Alex. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get um, Doug, will Doug be back. Yeah, Doug will come back on. Um, he, just, he just short on short on time. So yeah, I, you know on, I, he is on tour after all. Yep. I didn't know that um, he actually had replaced Richard Fortas. Yeah. From the Dead Daisies. Yeah. Didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I remember when Richard was playing in the Dead Daisies. Yeah. yeah. Uh... And there was another question I wanted to ask of Doug. I read that he auditioned for Kiss. Oh, really? And, uh, and he didn't get the gig, but Vinnie Vincent got the gig. Oh, that would be a good question. Yeah. I I but I didn't, you know, I wanted to make sure that we got to everybody's questions as much as we could. So yeah, but I well we'll ask him that on the next one. So um so yeah, so that's it. So uh what are you doing today, Dave Dave? I don't know what I'm doing today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it's yet. Be, it's your nothing, day off. nothing in particular. It's my what? one day a week that I have off. Yeah. Well, well, we'll let you go. Uh, let's see. Um, Have you noticed a decrease in quality with JJ tubes over the years? I think the answer is yes. Um, some right. It it uh, it 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 would go in waves, sort of. Um, you you would notice a problem with say EL thirty fours, and then they'd have that problem for a while. They'd correct the problem, then it was fine for a while. Then another batch would come in with a different problem. Um, it, it it's a great sounding. I mean, mostly I used EL thirty fours from them. I I really like JJ EL thirty fours. I think they're a great sounding tube. Um, not always the most reliable. Um, but then again, I've had JJs from reliable batches that have lasted forever. So um, I don't know the state currently okay. i mean you know someone brought this up on um a friedman group and they're just like i always see all these problems here with friedman amps and things and you got i mean you got to realize that you know some things are completely out of my control mm -hmm. like uh, uh tubes qu quality of tubes and things like that completely out of my control uh if, if a company gives you bad filter caps that should have worked for you know years and all of a sudden they start to fail was out of my control we did not know this you know and and you know things like this have happened over time you think you think that there's a lot of problems but you're only this is in one isolated group and yes you see problems that people post on there although really people contact me first i mean it, it's you got to get the answer from me anyway. See, why don't you just, instead of posting it up and getting a million wrong answers, mm -hmm. why don't you just contact me directly? Um, 
you know, you know, you think, oh, it's a lot of problems and a lot of issues. And, and the, in reality, it's not because we, we aren't shipping a hundred amps a year. If we shipped a hundred amps a year, maybe that's an issue, but we ship literally thousands of amplifiers a year. And if you, if you add up any issue that you have with amps in a year, Versus the number of amps that went out, I think you you see that it's in the very 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 low percentage, of course, percent or something or one yeah. percent or you know something like that, and um, you know it's just it, it's just someone made that comment. I'm like, yeah, believe me, we we do everything we can to try to ensure that there's no issues with your amps ever. But again, you're plagued by what you can get and what parts you can get and things. It's like I've seen pots randomly start going bad for no reason. And frankly, the pot situation is horrible because there's really not very many good pots on the market. And, uh, you know, there's, there's Alpha and there's CTS, and those are the kind of the main players. Both of them have their issues CTS seems to have more issues than than what we use alphas. There's another pot from Asia called a Dia, which is a good pot. Isn't uh, Borns, Borns also? Or? Borns isn't used that much in amplifiers. Oh, okay. And they're not really the cheaper, you know, the like the the standard Borns um, are not really made all that great either. It's not like the old days, like you know, pots you see that used to be in a in an old Marshall or something were were really great pots. They lasted forever. Hmm. They're still alive today, you know. And it's just, you know, it's got a little bit frustrating. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. You know, it's not just and it's not just you. It's not just Friedman who's having these issues. I mean, it's every manufacturer yeah. and every tube amp. And and unfortunately, you know, here's the thing. You're like, I can neuter the amps down where you might never have any tube problems. But of course, you won't have the same tone either. Right. Uh, and do you want me to do that? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh uh, new Friedman pedal board designs. Um, not a new pedal board design, but we will have some new sizes that will be available. I, we structured new sizes to fit in some Pelican cases and some different cases, a little more uh, friendly than, than some of the previous sizes. Uh, they're just slight changes, and, and we also will offer some bigger ones, uh, like a big one for if, if you really need a big pedal board. Sort of like how Pedal Train does with, you know, the the forty two inch uh, behemoth that they make. You know, mm-hmm. um, it won't be forty two inches, but it'll be like forty. It'll be big. Wow! It, it, you know, it adds up quick if people start putting things on. Now I don't have room. Well, how about another five inches on the board? Great. <laughs> uh, make sure you guys please uh, hit subscribe and click the bell for the show. Um, I, I looked at the data and it looks like almost half of you people aren't subscribed. So please subscribe to the channel and also check out Sweetwater in the link that we provide below. Um, so you can, uh, purchase stuff. Yeah. If you're watching right now, literally go and just hit subscribe. So you just know if you want to watch the show. Yeah. 
it's, uh, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Um, and make sure you check out the special cranker pedal from Earthquaker Devices and also uh, fixed pedal boards from our buddy Tim. Right. Absolutely. Who um, sponsors the show. And there'll be some new new products and things coming for fixed pedal boards that'll be super cool for good accessory products for a variety of boards. You know, that, you know, would be cool. And thanks, Perfect. Tim, for the drink I'm not drinking yet. Oh, awesome. Um, <laughs> so our next next guest is uh, Luke. It's, um, who is it? Uh, I think it's Luca from... Um, Red 7 Amplifier. Red 7, yes. That's who it is. It's Luca from Red 7, and he's coming on. And then we'll also have Rob Cunningham from Diodario. Uh, and uh, more folks coming. So you guys just hit subscribe, check us out on the social media stuff, and we'll be back. And Dave, enjoy your day off, all right? (laughs) (laughs) It starts all over again shortly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. All right, everybody, have a great Sunday. Uh, Watch Pete Thorne. Watch Pete Thorne, by the way. Yeah, Pete Pete will come be coming in uh, 11.30 ish or something. So go, you can go watch his uh, Sunday chat or rant or whatever it might be today. <laughs> I um I just ordered a Pete Thorne signature. Gold top. Oh yeah? Yeah. From Chris over at Sir. Yeah. In the in the in the uh, the backwards fashion. Yes, the backwards fashion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they can do it. They can do it. Totally. So yep, I'll get it in a while but i'm looking forward to it so uh all right guys have a good one we'll take care all right see you guys